0: He smashed pretty much every billboard and streaming record that matters.
1: It has already been streamed more than a billion times. Billion. People still to this day
2: point to this is the moment everything changed.
0: But whether you agree with those claims or not, this podcast isn't really about him. Either you're not an astute businessman or you're inherently racist when it comes to black music in this country. This is not a Drake podcast. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast.
2: Hi,
3: I'm Isabelle Racicot. Hello, I'm Martine Saint-Victor. And welcome to Seat at the Table.
2: We're so excited to be broadcast across the country. So from coast to coast to coast, welcome to Seat at the Table. It's a talk show about pop culture and media. I'm Isabelle Racicot And I'm Martine Saint-Victor Martine is a communication strategist and a publicist And Isabelle is
3: a TV and radio host in Quebec But you'll get to know us a little bit better At the end of the show, we're going to answer a questionnaire Short of our social security number You'll get to know pretty much (laughs) everything about us
2: But first, we sit down with Jennifer Brodar who's a Canadian that hangs out with Oprah Winfrey, Barack, and Michelle Obama. So, are you ready to start the show, Martine? I am. Join us. Grab a seat. I'm very excited to be introducing Jennifer Bradard to my friend Martine because, Martine, you know I've been talking about Jennifer for a while now. Uh, all day, every day. <laughs> okay. A little bit exaggerated. For those of you who don't know who Jennifer is, Jennifer Brodar is the founder of JB Skin Guru. She's a successful businesswoman. She's also the skin guru to uh, little known celebrities such as Oprah Winfrey. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. yes. <laughs> Barack and Michelle Obama. But before we talk about them, Jennifer I want to talk about how you started because your story is so interesting you were studying in uh, criminal law yes and then you had a conversation with a woman that explained the importance of what you eat has a direct impact on your skin and that completely changed your life
1: exactly and so as a as a you know a teen you meet phenomenal people in your life who 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 are, have impacts on what you do and you don't realize it when it happens it's when you get older and uh, my best friend back in the day Bryony, her mom um, they were from the UK and she was so crazy, like amazing style and she just knew about creams and what to eat and what to do and I thought that was pretty
0: funky like and yeah. fascinating
1: and I thought, wow, if only I could, you know, look like you or be like you and I, she was very um, instrumental in my whole connection of what the body eats and how we live our lives with what the skin looks like. And mm-hmm. I thought if I could take that sort of exciting part of skincare and bring it to life, then that's something I could do for the rest of my life. And so I had to announce to my family that I would not pursue law <laughs> and I would go into the skincare world. And so I have a very interesting family who believes in what I do. And so my father actually said to me within two seconds, listen, no matter what you do, if you're happy and you're, you're the best at your craft, then do it. And that was it. We never spoke of it again.
2: Wow.
3: Yeah. Excellent. Okay.
1: But but let's break it down. Yeah. Tell us
3: what it is that you do and why. Forty-four, aka Barack, <laughs>
1: <laughs> uses it. Um, so, oh, so a- I'm a little bit different than most. And so, what I wanted to do is, I never wanted to own a skincare clinic per se. Not that there's anything wrong with that. So, I actually uh, wanted to teach skincare. So, I actually got a bachelor's degree in teaching, and I specialized in chemistry and biology. And I taught for seven years. And I and I, I so I did do that, and that was wonderful. But after seven years, I realized that. Um, to really make a change or an impact, I had to go further. And so I left the teaching world. And um, I had been consulting as well back in the day on um, creating equipment in the skincare world. So, yeah. you know, whether it be uh, cellulite machines or microdermabrasion machines. So I had a bit of experience and it was a great school. And um, my husband and I both quit our jobs on the same day. I don't recommend that to anybody. Yeah that is risky. Yeah and crazy. It was crazy and I think though we were so young and kind of foolish and you don't think of anything could ever go wrong. So we created Max which is our LED device and then. What is an LED device? So our LED device is it's created with light emitting diodes so we don't work with any UV light and so we work with all the different wavelengths of visible light similar to the rainbow but because the technology is is completely uh, photobiochemical. So if you have a laser, it's a thermal effect, right? So you yep. create burning. If yep. it's a ph- photobiochemical effect, it's sort of like photosynthesis. So light's uh. emitted, it's absorbed by the skin cells, and there's a, physiologic, a physiological sorry, and a chemical change which happens within the heart of your cell. And by doing so, it works with your body's own innate ability to heal itself.
2: And so you guys created Max the yep. Max Plus the machine. Yes, but what I think is interesting is that you you guys sort of failed at first, and you we almost failed lost, three times. Three times, yeah. You almost lost your house. Yeah, but finally Max Plus took off, and people yes. were buying it. it. Is is now in forty plus countries yes. around the world. So how did you go from um, having Max Plus your machine? all over the world, mm-hmm. to Oprah hearing about you.
1: Well, it's just to back up a bit, when we had one of our last biggest failures is when the economy worldwide um, collapsed. collapsed. Yeah. And so we ended up with uh, an issue of making a huge decision of do we close the company, do we file for bankruptcy, what do we do? And that was a very hard moment and I, I actually remember driving to my parents house my parents have been amazing in this whole venture and I was crying like you know ugly cry yes mm-hmm. like yes. a baby and I was <laughs> yeah. ugly crying and my dad really looked at me and he said but Franchement, braille. and he actually said that he's like it's enough mm, stop and, he, crying. and he's like enough mm. and he goes it's, it's just things like sell the conference table sell what you need to sell like they're just things yeah. and he was like you have wow. the best machine on the market just focus on that And so it was great because they allowed me to have that ugly cry moment, but Mm -hmm. then it was like, snap out of it. Yeah, get over it. Right, and so what I ended up doing was I was incessantly saying that Quebec needed a skincare clinic with my philosophy. And so a friend of mine had said, well, if you're so amazing, why don't you open your own clinic? And <laughs> I said, fine, that's what we'll do. And then my husband looked at me, he's like, oh, oh <laughs> gosh,
2: where are we so, going now? So
1: we opened a first cl- skincare clinic in 2009 in, in which I put all of my energy and my philosophy. And it was from that experience that then I got the phone call from Miss Winfrey's team saying, you know, she would love to uh, get to know my Acts a little bit better? Would you come down and, and have that first talk? And so everything I've done led up to where I am today. Hmm. So even those failures, if I didn't have those failures, I wouldn't have opened the clinic. Hmm.
2: I want you to explain the moment where you actually Walk in to uh, Oprah Winfrey's oh, okay,
3: wait, house. Oh, Wait, I need a moment before yes. I, I can hear. And okay, she's gonna the have a heart attack.
1: Well, it's actually quite funny. So I was with a really good friend of mine um, in uh, in Beverly Hills area, and she's actually a client who's become a good friend of mine. And she was like, "Oh, I'll lend you my car." Just so I took her car, I had a neon, <laughs> and I got lost, and I finally got to her home. And just the drive up, it's incredible the view and I was half a mile. (laughs) It's it's something. And so I, 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 you know, park the car, take Max out of the boot and I set up. And I remember staying in this room um awaiting, you know, for her to arrive and uh, she's coming down the hallway and uh, she's she does have that wonderful voice and she just literally screamed i'm coming <laughs> Then she and, said jennifer brother no just jennifer <laughs> and so i was i w- i kept thinking this is kind of insane <laughs> and so she she came into the room and i introduced her to max and i really wanted her to understand the technology before anything else um, and then I gave her her first treatment. And then post-treatment, um, she kind of looked at me and she said, is that it? And I said, yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> um, and then um, she looked at the machine and asked a few more questions. And she was kept saying how smart she thought I was she was you're you're bright you're you're like a genius and I I thought well that's a good thing I think um, <laughs> and yes I am <laughs> and yeah well I actually know back then I was even I was like oh thank you thank you thank you I couldn't think of anything else and um and then she left and I think she ended the discussion by we'll see you around mm. and that was it and I thought mm, interesting <laughs> And so so you've been
2: uh, Oprah's skin guru for how long now? Oh, just over four years, almost five now.
1: Yeah, four years. And
3: so you're her skin guru. You're friends. You hang out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mm -hmm. hang out. Well, I'm in the same place as she is. Yeah, definitely. She includes me (laughs) in a lot. Like (laughs) she includes me in a lot of of things. Like she's a very um, superb. Yeah, she's very uh, generous. Yes, very Mm -hmm. much so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and how do uh,
3: the Mr. and Mrs. Obama fit in into this story?
1: Well, um, so interestingly enough, uh, after a, a few years of working with Miss Winfrey, um, I got asked to partake in a lot of different private projects, and I always do that with complete secrecy. And so I'd started working on this big event, not knowing what it was. And um, so lo and behold, it was to uh, welcome the First Lady. And so that was... An where, where is this happening in the world? house?
3: Mm-hmm. At Opus house. house, which one?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they, that may be too many details. Right. I'm just gonna say at her at uh, at one of her properties, okay. <laughs> and so um, what I'll tell ta- you wearing. <laughs> Actually, I don't even remember what she was wearing, <laughs> and I'll tell you one funny story though. Prior to the First Lady and her friends and guests arriving. Um, we worked really, really hard on this project. The whole team did. It was it was a a big moment for us, and uh, I very rarely break down. and Prior to their arrival, there was one evening and we were just trying to figure out different things. And I literally lay on the floor for two seconds mm-hmm. in the fetal position and said, I just want to go home. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> this is too much. And it wasn't about who was coming. It wasn't about that. It was my sheer crazy desire for perfection. Mm-hmm. And I just had to walk away and say, let it go. It's it's not going to change anything if the card is more to the left or to the right for the love of Because you God. were creating products, spe- special yes, products for this for that event. Moment. And it was not about just the products. It was the, what am I putting it in? And yeah, mm-hmm. so I get really
3: crazy. Mm-hmm. And so you're sitting there. Mm-hmm. You're at the, the event mm-hmm. at one of the properties. Yeah. And... What happens? Oprah says, okay, Jennifer, here's Michelle Obama. Well, actually,
1: it, well, I knew she was coming. Actually, it worked Okay, in you a, knew. Yeah, okay. no, I knew then. By, but okay. within a few months in, I knew exactly what was okay. happening because I was having gifts monograms. So I had the okay. list. All and right. they had to do a complete check on me mm-hmm. to make back, sure I was sane mm-hmm. and not crazy woman because mm-hmm. you never know. Yes. And then when she did show up and I started working on her. I always say she, it's Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The first lady. I... I'm a, I'm not one of those people who I I don't, I don't change. Like I don't, cry, I don't do anything. I'm like, hi, nice to meet mm-hmm. you, and let's talk about your yeah. skin.
3: Just as a point of reference, yeah. I would have had a nosebleed out of nervousness, but that's oh, just me. Oh, you're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's, amaz- it's amazing that your composure never changed, although you were about to touch the first skin.
2: Well, it's interesting. I, I <laughs> You call it the first skin? <laughs> well, it's a first lady. It. Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually... It's. <laughs> I love it. Sorry. <laughs> yes,
1: first time I hear that. Tell well, her that next well, time. Well, yeah, I love it. Well, it's interesting because from the moment I met Her, we um, started talking politics and education and women's rights and and, your daughters, too, and my daughters and empowering girls. And so, I think that there was a lot there
0: to connect on Mm -hmm. in
1: common. Um, And then, my sheer desire to give her the best skin ever. And so when I first met her, I never thought it would continue. I really thought I had this wonderful opportunity. And so I documented nothing except for written moments that I kept, you know, things for myself. Um, And then I just put it in my heart and said, well, you know, one day in my rocking chair, I can tell these stories to my grandbabies. And that was that. Um, And then when we ended the event, and uh, I lasted uh, a good week, um, I was told, well, I would really be honored if you could follow us and, and, and come see us at the White House. And I was honored and I thanked her and I thought, this is fantastic. And she goes, I would love for your girls to come to the White House. I said, that's fantastic. We can make it happen. <laughs> and I clearly thought that was it. And, you know, I gave her a hug. She gives the best hugs ever. And I thought, this is wonderful. I can share this with my family. And I went home and never thought of it again until the phone rang. And then I was at the office and I was with Jazz, who's been my, you know, my Gale, I guess you can call her. Um and uh she she was with me and I'm laughing cuz we've had a few moments where either I lie on the floor this actually really happens <laughs> or I run and the running was the first time so she couldn't so she was running after me. We must have looked so silly. And our offices back then were like an L so you can just imagine me running and her going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa." And she and she kept saying, "I I can't deal. Tell me what's happening." And so I was like, well, I just got the call, the call. And they they're they're wanting us to move forward with more of my credentials and my information to ensure and all I was told then was be honest in your responses because there's some people we would love to see here and they lie somewhere along the line on their questionnaire and I never see them again. Wow. Yeah, so uh, because it's important that you're honest because it's a long questionnaire and you sign a confidentiality agreement and so on and so forth. So that's when you said, yes, I stole an
2: eraser (laughs) Uh, in a deponeur. Bubble gum. In Bubble gum, she (laughs) paid it, and my parents made me bring it back. So you have to write it in your questionnaire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, I I feel that as a businesswoman, Mm -hmm. these... um, Personalities have inspired you, yes, and as and they've helped you in some kind of way. So, what would you say, um, Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, Oprah Winfrey, and all the others have brought you?
1: They they all bring something a little different. I'm going to start with the first lady because um, when I first met the first lady, the first thing that came to mind was grace. Mm -hmm. And I rarely feel that with people. Someone who walks into the room, you want to sit straighter. Mm -hmm. I'm serious. Mm -hmm. You want to read the most intellectual books and just be smart. And I think that that's a very keen ability that someone has because I think this world needs more women, such as the First Lady, Mrs. Obama. And... I'm not talking about race. I'm not – I'm just talking about woman power here. And presence. And presence. And so what she brought me was this quietness within myself to say, it's okay that you're a geek and a nerd. Mm -hmm. Embrace that inner geek. And I think that that – I needed sort of that. I know that sounds – but I needed that. And so – Um, It just, for me, there was that aspect. And then the other thing that her and I uh, connected on, which made me feel so good, was I would question myself because I see a lot of things going on in social media. Social media is a tricky beast. Mm. And a lot of people are posting things and saying things on a constant basis. Mm -hmm. And every now and then I'll have a freak out where I lie on the floor And I question myself, and I say, "Really, like, what is wrong with you?" Because I have these. Why are you freaking out? Because I get these opportunities to attend these wonderful things, and everyone's talking about them, and I Mm -hmm. never do.
3: So it's a little Ah, bit of fear of missing out, but not really.
1: But and then and so the first lady and I had had this conversation about. Today's world, if you don't post about it for most, it never happened. Yeah, it doesn't exist. That's right. It doesn't exist. That's right. And we connected very highly on that because she understood that I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. So I can be in a, at an event and no one will really know I'm there because I'm taking it in. Mm-hmm. I'm content in the moment of yeah. being part of that moment. That's right and then the the president i mean what can i not say i mean this man is phenomenal i mean he's just amazing in every shape way or form
2: yes I, we tend to agree also yeah, um, his skin was flawless we saw him in montreal recently I know. Yes. <laughs> um
1: and then if i was to talk about mrs winfrey mrs winfrey has this uh, that a, you
2: don't call oprah
1: never miss winfrey mrs winfrey all the time mm-hmm. after 5 years mm-hmm. that's a, Impressive. Okay. Yeah. Um, With Miss Winfrey, for me, it's um, her and her team. Her team is also instrumental. She has a very close knit team, Um, have helped me break through various barriers in my career, past the comfort zone, Mm -hmm. which is why I was in a feudal position. Yes. Um, (laughs) um, And they make me a better person. So every time I leave her premise, I Mm -hmm. kid you not, I can write down two or three things that I've grown on and I'm better at because of that mm-hmm. moment. You mentioned that you um, you um, discussed politics with Mrs. Obama. Mm-hmm.
3: And, it, you know, it's funny because Céline Dion's former stylist, Annie Horth, mm-hmm. recently... Um, in the newspaper said that she was approached by melania trump's team I know. and she turned it down yes because it went against yes you know her beliefs and how do you feel what if the trump team comes to you well
2: first of all he needs your help and yeah. so does she but desperately <laughs> that besides the point. you know
1: at the end of the day i'm sure i'm sure in their own lives they're they're great people i think that there's the politics and there's the people behind the politics and You know, there's a lot of behind the scenes that goes on. But due to my core values and my personal beliefs, I would have to turn them down because Mm -hmm. it would go against pretty Mm -hmm. much everything I kind of believe in. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I I would turn them down. I would wish them luck and and, and so on, but I wouldn't do it.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Jennifer, one thing we haven't mentioned, and if you haven't seen a picture of Jennifer Brada, the JB Skin Guru, she's white. (laughs) <laughs> and i'm mentioning it because
0: you, you didn't, didn't notice, notice and
2: most like all your 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 high clients are black so yes my question to you is how come you understand black
1: skin like that and are you as good with white skin that's a really good question thank you um <laughs> no because a lot of people don't really so i think it's because my sheer understanding of the chemistry and the physiology the physiology of the skin and how it how it Creates, and so in regards to the darker the skin, the skin will actually um, its its renewal process is much faster. For example, for your skin, and so um, the scarring is completely different, the pigmentation is completely different, the aging process is completely different. But I am fascinated by it. So yes, I'm as good with you know (laughs) vanilla white skin like mine. Um, My mother's Scandinavian, so my mom's from Finland and so, they immigrated yeah. yeah so i'm really good with finnish skin as well or, or swedish or you know any skin but um, i really like working with powerful women when you walked in the studio i one of the first things i
3: told you is that i have absolutely nothing to do with your success yet i feel extreme pride oh, thank in you. watching you so grow much. and it's i it's the fact also that you're canadian and you're able to break the break this Frontier, yes, and and I I think we need to applaud that. I think thank we you. need to, right. as a country, we need to support you as well. Wow,
0: yeah. and, uh
3: it's true, and 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 it's very nice to see that, um you know, you get to follow your dreams. Thank uh, you. Isabel has been really uh saying you you're the cat's meow for Aww. for a long time, so it's really nice to to, to be able to meet you. On um,
2: thank you so much. This thank, was you
3: so thank you for having me. I could
2: talk to you forever. This
1: is yes, you so guys cool. are awesome.
3: Thank you. It was a pleasure to meet to meet you. Thank you, you. and really. good
1: luck and. Continued success with this incredible show.
2: That was Jennifer Broder, the founder of JB Skin Guru. Now, uh, often at this moment in the show... We will bring you a segment called The Elephant in the Room, where we're going to tackle subjects that many of us are thinking about, but not necessarily talking
3: about. Like, for example, Uh, celebrities indiscretions like Tiger Woods,
2: should he have apologized? I say no. And I say yes, because I think that celebrities have privileges and they need to own up to what they do. And when they do something wrong, they need to go out there and apologize. And who decides what's right and what's wrong? When, when did we get so righteous? Anyways, Martine, we're not going to get into it right now because this will be a topic for another show. Because it's our first one, uh, the team thought it would be a good idea for us to fill out a questionnaire and answer questions for you to get to know us better. I'm pretty sure about all your answers, but let's go for it. Let's, let's read go. them and see what you've answered and uh, what I've answered. Okay. Number one, what would you call your autobiography?
3: Well, I have two titles. Yes. The first one would be Blooming Late as an Advantage, which I, I, wow. the, the older I get, the more I believe that. And any moment, it should kick in for me, Blooming. <laughs> or the alternate would be My Life as Gil." As in Gail King, Oprah's best friend, because often, you know, that's how I feel with Isabel. Isabel is my Oprah. Uh she knows this.
2: And so I really do feel like Gail King. Is it because I'm, you know, known in television and radio um in Quebec in the French market that you think that you're yes. comparing me to Oprah? Or yes. is it because I'm rich?
3: Uh <laughs> you're not Oprah rich.
2: No, no, it's really because I'm, not I'm even close. Well, my autobiography would be called, I will learn to say no one day. Ah, and when will that be? I don't know. I'm really hoping to be able to say no one day. You know me, I'm, I'm always a yes girl. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's been good. But other times it's been, you know, putting me in really awful situation, uh, close to burnout at times. And you know, when I really realized it was bad, my son, 10 year old Justin, the other day said, because I said to Justin, why are you taking on so much? He goes, well, mom, I'm like you, I can't say no. <gasps> And that's when we, I realized uh, that was going to be the title of my uh, biography. <laughs> okay, I think that on this next one, we might have answered the same thing. If you could choose your last meal, what would it be?
3: Okay, to elaborate. First of all, you should the listener should know that the way to my heart is through my stomach. Yes. Number one. So my last meal would include torchon de foie gras, mm-hmm. guinea fowl, cherry tomatoes, pommes frites, Grilled conch, or grilled octopus, and jonjon rice, which is um, it's it's a Haitian rice. It's made with uh, mushrooms, so it's dark rice. It's delicious. And then I would throw in some Lipitor at the end, you know. I am blown away. I am blown away by your answer. Because you thought I was going to say what? Number 12, pizza, shrimp, garlic. <gasps> That's our favorite meal. Together, well. Yes. Yes, but not my last meal. It's delicious, but it well, wouldn't be my last. Well, and why, I, when, why do you say number 12? You
2: have to explain. Because we used to go to a restaurant called Pizzaya that was, you know, a staple of pizza place in Montreal. And we used to always order the same thing, the Num- pizza number 12, which, which, is which was shrimp, shrimp garlic. Yep. So that said, I thought that you were going to answer that, which is what I answered, by the way. Is but, it? you know, pizza is my favorite meal in the whole entire world. Yes. So I would definitely end my, um, my life with a pizza. Okay, that's good to know. You're such a simple girl. I love that. (laughs) Oddly enough, I didn't add uh, alcohol to it, but I presume that 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 would come with it. So here's a scenario. You've been watching a TV show with your partner or friend. A new episode comes out and they're not there. So would you watch it without them?
3: Yes, 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 please. Like you need to hold someone's hand to watch a show. No, but if you're watching it together, that's why you're still single. You snooze, you lose, baby. (laughs) Why? You wait for Donald to watch? If you've been watching... First of all, what shows do Donald and you watch together? That's
2: Okay, that's not the point. The question (laughs) is, would I wait for Donald or whomever I'm watching the series with, right? Right. I said I would probably not wait. (laughs) But here's the difference. I wouldn't tell him. And I would watch it again with him as if it was the first time I, would see, so, I was seeing that so episode. So basically lying. Yes. Okay, good. It works. That's why I've been married for 18 <laughs> years, honey. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you value most in friendship? Cooking skills. That's very important.
3: Because <laughs> you don't cook? <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things I love the most about Isabel. I get to her house. She knows she has to feed me. She knows what I love, what I don't. She is great at that. Uh, I value discretion. Yes. Um, yes. Loyalty and um, a wicked sense of humor.
2: I'm pretty simple. And I wrote what? loyal. <laughs> I'd like to think I'm pretty simple. <laughs> okay. Let me rephrase that. Uh, I wrote, breaking, breaking news <laughs> okay let it go uh, I wrote loyalty and honesty those are the two main qualities I'm looking uh, for in friends and you have been one of my best friends for the longest time now mm. and you know you are loyal you are honest you tell me the real deal by honest so, do you mean brutally honest yes okay. and it but I, we need that you challenge mm. me every day and so I think I'm a better person because uh, you've been loyal and honest to me all these years. So, mm-hmm. Is this you. a time to tell you you have broccoli on your teeth? <laughs> <Yeah. Okay>. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh Gosh, and she's already getting on my nerves. It's been one show. Okay, so what's the show Asira at the table about for you?
3: Well, for me, in essence, it's subjects that we want to know more about, uh, individuals we'd love to have dinner with. You and I often have this conversation. We're going to see somebody in the news and say, "Oh my God, yeah, I wish we could know more. I wish we could have dinner with them." And, and we've actually, you know, met people you and I together that we spoke into a, for you know five ten minutes. And say, ah, we we want more. Yeah. And so for me, that's what the show the show is, people you'd love to have dinner with is because you break bread. And for me, once you break bread, there's a connection. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that both our listeners and our guests will feel that connection. Well, I
2: like the way you put it. And I would add that I hope the listeners feel like we're letting them into our conversations. We're two friends. We've known each other for many years. We always have conversations about politics, about pop culture, about different social movements also. So now we're letting the public into our conversation and i hope they feel the same way we do as passionate we are about human beings and about the world and about the changes around us and this is what the show's about for me you know and you said it well we're going to have guests that we would like to have over for supper Seat at the Table is a CBC original podcast. I'm Martine Saint-Victor. And I'm Isabelle Racicot. Seat at the Table is produced by Alan Johnson and Melissa Fundera with technical work by Martin Lavoie and Mélanie We want to hear what you have to say. On Twitter,
3: use the hashtag #SeatCBC and tweet us directly at Martin Montreal and at
2: Isabelle Racicot. We're also on Facebook, Seat at the Table CBC or shoot us an old-fashioned email, seat at cbc.ca. To make sure you never, ever, ever
3: miss an episode, of Seat at the Table, subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to
2: review us. Be kind, and you won't want to miss next week's show.
0: It always comes as a surprise when someone who is already wealthy and privileged, you know, has such a grievance and merely pointing out the extent to which they have a special deal makes them really angry and they behave as if they are, um, you know, some kind of targeted Maligned minority. When the reason, the only, the only reason this whole issue came up is that they have this special status by virtue of their wealth and position. So it, there is this kind of common theme of uh, there's a kind of blindness, I suppose, that comes with uh, privilege, and people, I guess, participate in mythologies about their own hard-won success, even more vigorously as they climb the as they climb the ladder. Uh, you know, think. Think about President Trump, who, you know, has cultivated this image of himself as a self-made man. He's this son of one of the richest men in New York. I mean, you know, like it, it doesn't—he doesn't feel guilty about that. He's forgotten that. That's right.
3: Malcolm Gladwell joins us at the table next week. Until then, au revoir.